Hello, and welcome to the Fan Fiction Book Club podcast, a weekly podcast that explores the good, bad, and the cringy of fan fiction, hosted by me, T-Stan, and my lovely co-hosts, Poppy, Ooh. Ollie, Hello. and SG. Howdy there. Every month, we scour the internet to bring you four different fanfic reads, and our theme this month is Cinderella. Check out our website at fanfictionbookclub.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fanfictionautos for the full lineup of stories for the month and connect with us on the web. So, this week we have a War of Hearts by a Perennial on Archive of Our Own. Looks like it was completed in 2018 and it's a little over 8,000 words. Yeah, so it was a pretty short one this time. Yeah. Which was nice. Yeah. This was this was my pick, and um, gotta say, a little proud. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you, you pick know, it? It wasn't awful. Uh, I picked it because it was a subversion, while not being a like a funny subversion. Um, the whole point of this story is Cinderella. It's it's the whole Cinderella story up until the point of the ball, and instead of falling in love with the prince, she falls in love with the king. I don't know, it's just, it's very mature, and I, I enjoyed it. it. It was like a breath of fresh air sometimes. Yeah. So the nice thing about this story is it's on Archive of Our Own. So there's like a whole mm-hmm. breakdown of tags and characters and fandoms yes. that it relates to. So relationships are Cinderella and the King, Cinderella and the Prince, and the additional tags for this are fairy tale retellings, canon divergence, Older man, younger woman, engagement of convenience, falling in love, and then in parentheses with the wrong person, which I assume is not an official tag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know everybody makes up tags. It's ridiculous. Yes. So, the author summary reads, She dances and doesn't lose a shoe. The clock strikes and she doesn't run away. Her future is secured well before midnight, or so she believes. And she also has some notes here, or I'm sorry, the author has some notes here. Um, And I believe it is just a link to Ruel's War of Hearts song, which is very good, by the way. So this story is, it's interesting because there's no, there's no talking in this story, but it kind of details how Cinderella comes from, she doesn't, she doesn't leave the ball. And she and the prince get engaged immediately. And it, it talks through basically her living her life in the castle, learning how this works. And at the same time, she's falling in love with the king rather than the prince. Because really, she, the whole point is that she's doing the prince for convenience, like a, a safe haven. But she's falling in love with the king. And they're, they're doing their best to kind of like do a little dance, try not to actually fall in love but that that doesn't work and i think uh something about the story is it doesn't give away that the king and cinderella are in love with each other for me at least it was like with their like glances at each other it made it seem like because cinderella's keeping the secret that she was abused a servant for her mm-hmm. step family and to me it seemed like the king knew and like that's why he kept giving her those looks but then as time went on, it was like, oh, no, they're just in love with each other. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting perspective, Poppy, because I did not make that connection at all while I was reading it. 
I read the tags at the top for older man. Um, but um, I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't. Think, I did not. <laughs> I didn't necessarily think older man meant the king. I thought, oh well, maybe Prince Kit is an older man. I was just gonna say, I'm super like religious about reading every tag mm-hmm. before touching something. Mm-hmm. So the suspense was not there, though I did mm-hmm. enjoy it anyway. So I think even if the suspense was, even if you already knew. I think the author, like you said, when you were kind of introducing the book, the author introduced that relationship in such a mature and subtle way. That yeah, you it almost felt, be like it for the real. first. Yeah, you can almost be like for the first third. Is this just an a human to human interest? Is this a sexual interest? Um, is this a war- wariness of her because it's his. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything about this girl that's going to marry his son. I personally really enjoyed this story. It was really short, and it it was lacking in dialogue. It's it's a celebrating an exposition that I see in a lot of more mature fairy tales, where they just kind of tell the story and you get it through body language and the description of settings, um, instead of through yes. dialogue between characters. So I've I've always enjoyed that type of writing and you can get really poetic with it. And I think there were some really mm. poetic moments in the descriptions for the story. Um, so I, I really liked it and it was a big breath of fresh air compared to what's <laughs> upon a trailer park. <laughs> quite the opposite story. Yeah. Quite the, completely in a different direction, but I, but I really, I really enjoyed it, and I'm amazed that I enjoyed it and that it was able to complete a thought as well as it did for only being eight thousand words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did really great descriptions of like their interactions with her and the prince, or her and the and the king, and like just the scenery. There was like a part where they described like the just the nature of the garden or something it was like oh that's really beautiful let me reread that again okay let me verify real quick or let me uh-huh. clarify real quick there is dialogue however it's it's There's very little tiny bits compared of, to yeah, little teeny tiny bits of dialogue and it's not dialogue it's more to... at the end yeah yeah so there's i don't there's know i feel like we should find some excerpt from the story to read just so people can get how how beautifully this is written. <laughs> this is about, I want to say, three quarters of the way through. The state was regal once, but has fallen into disrepair. There are no signs of life beyond the chickadees flitting from tree to tree. Fallen leaves crunch beneath approaching hooves. The rider dismounts and leads the horse towards the main door, which turned out to be locked. An inspection of the nearby windows reveals a broken latch, and with some tra- straining against the warped wood, he slides it open and swings inside. Inside, the state is no better. A chandelier hangs haphazardly over the entry hall. Stained mirrors reflect cracked tiles and bubbling plaster. His boots leave fingerprints, or <laughs> his boots leave footprints in the dust. Each room contains more of the same. Creaking doors stir up dust and set sun-stained curtains fluttering. The house is furnished. There are still personal effects scattered here and there, as though the occupants intended to return instead of vanishing like ghosts. In the study, he finds an old invitation to a ball in the palace. That was one of my favorite descriptions of the entire story. 
Which is beautiful. I love this author's attention to detail. But you know how you can add detail and then you can add too much. You kind of get into the J.R.R. Uh, not the J.R.R. The J.R.R. Martin or the J.R. Tolkien or yeah, what? Tolkien. It's Tolkien. A, mm-hmm. like passages of <laughs> yeah. It's just plant. like three pages to describe a gate. Yeah, it was a little bit unnecessary. <laughs> it, it it becomes and I found myself skimming because of that. And Tolkien or this. In this story, there, it was like, yes, it was beautifully written, but like, I just wanted it to like, have a climax sort of, you know, like there's supposed to be an apex of something, but it was just all description, no action. It was just very subtle very details. Subdued. I don't know. I found myself skimming. Did oh. you? Ollie, you're the English major. Oh, I, the I, I, I thought you would have like fallen in love with this. I was in a little bit of the same boat. I mean, I I did enjoy it a lot, but yes, I did find myself skimming until I found a part. Well, like not not like true skimming, but I was just like, okay, well, like I don't know how how to describe it. So I noticed. So the author uses a lot of pronouns. Um, I don't think they mentioned Cinderella by name at all. And they just say the prince and the king. Um, and they say he, she, all that. And there was only one point where I was really confused about which he that the author was talking about. Because both the prince and the king were there. It's like Cinderella and the prince were like riding horses. And the king comes in and like helps Cinderella down from her horse. But I was really confused because they just said he. And I was like, well, is the prince helping her or is the king helping her? <laughs> and no, I, I, don't, I was just, yeah. yeah, that was like the one point where I was like, huh, what's going on? Yeah, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, I was like, okay, I, I got it. But yeah, I found that problem yeah. too, mainly because I didn't exactly read the tags either. So I kept assuming that it was her and the prince. And then I got myself confused because it kept, it would say king and then it would say he. And then I was like, wait, you mean the prince? So I got confused. Yeah. I was in the same boat. Did you guys think that the um, transfer of romantic interest from the prince to the king was believable? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and say yes, only because it's, I don't know if it's made super clear in the beginning, but I got the impression that she never loved him in the, loved the prince, I'm sorry, him, God, uh, <laughs> loved the prince in the first place. He was more of an advantageous match. Yeah. She was just and, able to catch the eye of. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, the impression I got was that she was, re- she was willing to fall in love with the prince, but she hadn't gotten there yet. And do you think so, that, um, I, don't know, I think that's fairly believable for a story about someone who met somebody one night. Yeah. Because how how long do you think this is spanning their time in the palace? That she's kind of coming to this point where she's acknowledging that she has feelings for the king and the king is acknowledging and acting on his feelings for her. Do you think, is it like six months? Is it a year? Is it like how I know long? There's a, it seems like it was going on for a couple months. Yeah, me. there's a season change, but it's not specific on how yeah, long. Yeah, it was, it was really vague. And I liked in the story how... The story was told in different days, like different little snippets of her time there. 
instead of just being a continuous flow of this day this happened and that day that happened it just yes. kind of showed us little snapshots the timeline is vague but the fact that it's vague makes it more believable that it's on the longer side of things agreed and the the king his wife died believe so yeah okay yes so he's been he's been single for a while Sorry, I don't think that they mention it specifically, but I think there's an illusion that she died when the prince was little or something. So it's been a okay. while. Okay. Because it's been a, a bit since I read this story, so I'm trying to remember, was there like a catalyst moment or anything between Cinderella and the king? Other than um, when he well, to see her? <laughs> go right ahead. Poppy, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, well... There, there is a point, yes, where uh, uh, Cinderella goes down into the garden and the king is there. And I don't know if she knew that he was there, but she goes and she sees him and she locks the door behind her. And as soon as she locks the door, the king walks over to her and they start making out. <laughs> oh, that's right. That did happen. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. remember if there was I'm something sure it was before more poetic that. than that. They yeah, I mean, it's, it's like... <laughs> They're, it's like caressing and whatever, but like keeping it teen. No, they're they they rated teen. They kiss him. They make it out. <laughs> but I just wonder, um, like, I'm just trying to think of because this is a really good story. It's it's it, is it just like it's just attraction that they have for each other? Like, it doesn't seem like there's any real moment of them connecting over a shared experience or ideology or anything feel like like it just seems like, like stolen was, glances and stuff like it's all physical felt like it was like love at first sight but not with the prince but with the king glances mm -hmm. and like oh, um hello. and it seemed like it was like glances but they're like no nothing can happen but yeah. then there there's a point where it's implied that uh, Cinderella's stepmother and stepsisters break into the castle to assassinate her, I guess. And see the king and says that she was afraid that they had gotten him. And like that, I think, was kind of a turning point for their relationship. Okay. That was before they kissed. And it showed that she was really concerned about him and his safety. And he was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, so they have their relationship and then I guess that, is it the Cinderella and Kit's marriage is coming up and the king leaves on a trip? He leaves after they kiss because he's like, I shouldn't be here yeah. for this, uh, for their <laughs> wedding. And then Cinderella's like, okay, I'm going to try to make this work with the prince. But as soon as he leaves, she's like, there's no reason for me to be here anymore. And so she leaves. And the prince is like, no, wait, please stay with me. I love you. And she's like, I don't love you, though. And so she leaves. She has presumably moved back into her house yes. that she lived in with her stepfamily. Yes. And she um, turned it into like an orphanage care home. A shoe where they make shoes. What? Yes. <laughs> they, yeah. No, they, they make shoes, but it's like for people. It's like a refuge. But like when people yeah. come the refuge they like they like can make shoes there the her moving back to the house is right before that passage i read about 
Yeah, because he's going back to see her. Because he's going. The king is going there. Yeah. We're going to do the pronoun game. The king is going back to see her. Yes. And so so the king, um, he went on that, the king went on that trip because his son, the prince, was going to marry Cinderella. Uh, That didn't end up happening. Mm -hmm. Cinderella left. The king goes to Cinderella and tells her that he wants to be with her. And they kind of figure out a plan to be together and respect the prince's, um, his loss in losing Cinderella. But I think it was very elegantly done. I appreciate that um, they cared about Kit's feelings because in some of these stories, Mm -hmm. characters will just go on these mad passionate love affairs and not care about the people around them and i appreciate that the king is realistic and compassionate about how to approach Mm -hmm. this possible opportunity to fulfill this romantic desire that he has with cinderella it was agreed it was also really nice that they also addressed that the kingdom Cinderella was concerned that the kingdom would think that she was just trying to find the fastest yes. way to be queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, and she, she left, she was really hesitant about starting anything with the king because of that. And because of the prince's feelings, but then it turns out the prince gets engaged to someone else and they're like, okay, let's wait until the prince is married, wait for a couple months for this all to blow over. And then we can. Yeah. Yeah. Very start a very PC um, way to start their relationship. I'm amazed that he could even get away with it. In, in um, any, it sense. was very responsible. It was very responsible. Like this, the story was. This was the most responsible fanfic I've ever re- re- read in my entire life. <laughs> That's the great thing about AO3 it was very, is you can find yeah. some really well written, well thought out, very mature. Um, stories on there and I'm amazed that they were able to pack as much as they have into 8,000 words Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so in terms of the oh wait did we have any more kind of plot comments or thoughts or well I was gonna see if you guys got a sense of how old the king actually is because I I assumed he was like a lot older but I think they made a comment that his hair is like still golden so I wonder if he's like an old king or like a younger king. The impression I got was that he was like maybe in his 50s at most. Hmm. Because that would be, I think they mentioned him being twice her age. And he, and I don't think Cinderella is supposed to be more than 20 to 25. And that would also uh, be a reason why he would still have his, you know, no, not as much gray hair and... I, I was trying really hard not to picture him as the king from the cartoon. Like, oh, <laughs> the white-haired. I don't even oh, remember gosh. what the king from the cartoon yeah. looks like. Oh, Here. God. Um, he looks kind of like a gnome, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> I guess I'll have to He's look him like up on my phone. Because I guess, Tristan, if you're asking about age, I guess we have to think about it. Is it age in our modern sense of age or back in the... Uh, medieval renaissance times because people only lived until they were 50 60 years old so she could have been like 18 possibly and maybe the prince is in his mid-20s um and women Uh, married much younger 
And I imagine the king might have been in his late 40s, possibly. With how yeah. with how mature the story yeah. is written, I just see it as like an older Cinderella. Um, yes. It might just be the fact that we're a little older, so it's like thinking of an 18-year-old Cinderella now is like, no, that is a child. Yes, she's very um she's very aware of herself and how to play her surroundings in a way that I don't think a mousy uh, um, servant girl would. Because there are a lot of moments in the story where she she understood social cues in a very mature way, in a very nuanced way, that um, like like an eighteen year old wouldn't. So I, I can totally see her being older, but for that timeline, yeah. I don't know. You'd think she'd be younger, but she definitely seemed mature. And like maybe her history wasn't necessarily the same as the original fandom Cinderella history. Because, I mean, there was a point in Cinderella's childhood, even in the original story, where it was just her and her father after her mother died, and he married this um, evil stepmother and had the evil Mm -hmm. stepsisters. Like, depending on when that switch happened, she could have possibly had... Because wasn't her... Was he a nobleman? I think he was, like... He was a, a wealthier man uh-huh. um and that's why the stepmother sure. married him in the first place so then she would have depending on how progressive he was she would have had a uh she would have had more of an educational background in her upbringing she would have been exposed to how you interact with individuals at court or whatever level of court um his status allowed him to be involved in she had kind of a quiet confidence about her with how she carried herself and how she thought about things. and mm-hmm. uh, I think that she was a little older, maybe like, she's probably like 21, 22, probably, in this story. And then the king was probably at least 25 years older than her. Is Charming the only son in, in this story? I think in, in this yeah. story. Yes. I think in the original yes. uh, canon, He's his only son. Yeah, I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of him having brothers. Because he'd have to be the firstborn to Except, be able to marry yeah. her and be become and the still king. still be king. Yeah. Yeah, usually it yeah. goes to the firstborn. Yeah. yeah, so he's at least the firstborn. But I'm yeah. pretty sure he's an only child. And the prince kind of had a non-role in the story. He was really just kind of mentioned... There wasn't any real uh, interactions between him and Cinderella other than when she told him it wasn't going to work for them to be together. Well, no, yeah. like there was there was interactions with them when they first met. Was there? Um, it kind of seemed then, like it was just talked about in passing. Like it just it was like they danced passing. and then they sat next to each other at dinner. There's the line where he reassured her because she was nervous and he reassured her after the castle break-in like right. he was comforting her and everything and and then they broke up so <laughs> it, they didn't interact a whole lot it was more focused on her and the king what did you guys think of the prince do you feel bad for him did you i do feel bad for him because it seemed like he loved her and he didn't see he wasn't a bad person at all no. he just was he just wasn't the one for cinderella and i i felt really bad for him 
Yeah, I feel like she kind of strung him along. She definitely strung him along. And the way she ended it, the way she ended it was a little like, yeah, I'm just not that into you. And it's just like, all right. I'm going to go home now that my step family's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Cash in on this property. He he probably knew, like the prince probably knew. Like they just left her like, what's going on? And everyone's just like, stay in your room. Yeah. And they did they did leave it ambigu like ambiguous. But mm-hmm. uh-huh. the fact that it was three invaders and you know, it's just it's implied that it's her family. To, to the audience and, it's implied, but like no one told her that the intruders were your family. And I don't think that they knew because she didn't tell anybody that she came from no she was very that hush about her history mm-hmm. uh, she told uh, everyone that she was traveled abroad with her godmother and that her father her father was a noble a nobleman but was dead but she didn't say anything about uh her oh, yeah she yeah. was she was really quiet about it i thought when the fort story first started i thought something was going to expose her but that that wasn't even brought up. I was just going to say that something that's always kind of bothered me about some some forms of Cinderella stories is that's always like, oh, you're just a servant girl. It doesn't, you know, you couldn't possibly marry the prince. Her dad was the noble or merchant or whatever. Yeah. Like, she still is. Technically. Yeah, she still is technically. But I don't know if um, if your parents are dead and there's no living relative in your line that has that same status, I don't know if that matters still. I don't know if you lose your status when that person, unless you inherit their wealth, if that person dies or something. That is so beyond me, but yes, I I do agree that it's, it I was just it struck me as strange. It's like eh, it doesn't super matter. Yeah, I don't know. But you think they they bring it up one way or another? Because then yeah. someone might get the impression that this is just like the most progressive kingdom on the planet to let <laughs> <laughs> to let the king just marry any person they want, or or let the prince marry whoever they desire. Because that wasn't usually the case. You don't just get to marry for love. It was marriages were um, secured for land and alliances with other territories and yes. kingdoms. So yeah, it, it would it would be interesting because they they did discuss maturely and responsibly kind of how how would us being together work and if cinderella brings up the point of oh they think i just want to be queen well what what if the townspeople think well she's nothing i think that would have been an interesting thing to explore not necessarily in this fic but in a separate <laughs> fic and then i guess the last thing to kind of go over is how well did they stick to the fandom I think they stuck pretty well to it. Yeah, they took a part of the story that we don't ever get to see. So it really it could be anything. Yeah. And it's so. very it's very much still in that world. It's not an AU or anything. In uh, fandoms, the most common types of fandoms that you see are fandoms that are either two of the author's favorite characters getting together in a way that they... Um, usually romantically, in a way that they imagine in their heads, or if a uh, reader isn't necessarily satisfied with the end of a story or wants to learn more about a story, they just, their fan fiction is continuing on with that story 
to give themselves more closure. And so this story falls into that second most common realm of the actual stories over what happens afterwards. Because I'm always curious about that um, with stories. And it's great that there are people on the internet who actually take the time and ask that question and go through the trouble of writing like full length fictional stories to um, explore those ideas. And you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> bonus. <laughs> Extra bonus there. So um, any other kind of like closing thoughts that you guys have? I think so. Um, no, I think we're good. Cool. We covered a lot. What uh, rating would you guys give this story out of five glass slippers? Give it four. Um, what about you, Ollie? Thinking. <laughs> I want to give it like, yeah, okay, okay, like like a four, but maybe like a three and a half glass slippers only because it was a little short. I want a little more dialogue. I wanted something to happen rather than just describing their their love for each other but it was really well written and I really appreciated that so 3.5 yes I would give this story I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it a five out of five glass slippers because oh, this oh, is five. right up my alley I mean I'm, I'm a <laughs> fan of all different types of fiction uh-huh but um all, all different types of writing and this is a style of writing that is so beautiful to me that really just explores describing scenery, describing character interactions. It's all about what people are doing versus what they're saying, um, mm -hmm. which is always really interesting to me. And this is a really common thing in ro romanticized fantasy stories. Um, another really great uh, fan fiction on Cinderella uh, is Ash by Miranda Lowe, not Miranda, Ash by Miranda Lowe. And she writes a really good story that is mostly exposition with a little bit of dialogue that's kind of along these lines. Hers is more YA. It's not as mature as this story, but it kind of has the same vibe to it. And it's also a Cinderella fanfic. So check that out. It's a really good book. But yeah, I I think I think I'm gonna take the jump to five because I I really I really enjoyed it, I really enjoyed it, um, and it was a big breath of fresh air compared to what's my oh, trailer part. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. my rating. What about you, Tristan? I think I'm gonna give it a four. I'm a sucker for these kind of things, just falling in love by living with someone kind mm -hmm. of stories. 10 out of 10 in my book but honestly if it wasn't so well written i would have wanted it to be longer and i know that's a yeah. weird sentence no but like, i totally she, agree the, with the you. author the author wrapped it up so well that i'm not mad at how long it was but gosh reading a longer fic kind of in this vein would be choice yes mm. yes yeah, so and I'm sure there there are ones like that out there. It's just, I mean, there's so much fanfic on the internet to oh God. get through it all and find it. Like, I, I found some amazing gems in different fandoms, like stories that are, they should be published, but they're not. 
just because they're fanfics and it was mm-hmm. just that person's side project. But yeah, it's really nice to see writing like that, not self-insertion Twilight or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight we in might, you. <laughs> we may get more into that. Oh, well, we'll definitely get on. more into that. Lovely but, um, back burner. But just to, uh, but just to show the <laughs> breadth of, uh, types of stories that are out there on the internet yeah. for, for your enjoyment that are just free um, and open to the public to read. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Fan Fiction Book Club. Our pick this week was War of Hearts by Perennial. You can find this story and more of the author's works on archiveofourown.org. Theme song is Funkorama by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of Kevin's music on incompetech.filmmusic.io slash artist slash Kevin dash McLeod. The works discussed on the Fanfiction Book Club are not our own. All characters mentioned belong to their original authors. Here we go. See you guys next week. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Bye.